All right, Jabal say good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking all of our sponsors for this morning. Share to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Cheshvan. Stephen Tarizin for dedicating all the Shemir Joshos this month in loving memory of Steve's father, Bunim Tzvi Ben Chaim, on the occasion of his 18th yard site, Leah Sol, as a schos for the Fushlim of her daughter, Ilana Bas Esther, and for all the wounded of Eretz Yisrael. Yonasan and Rachel Wolf for a complete and lasting Rufushlema for Rafael Yitzchak Baruch Ben Esther. Jerry and Sarawalaski in the Schusser Rufushlema for their grandson Zechariah Dovin Peral Shira and Azriel and Iris Miller in the Schus of the Holy Soldiers of the IDF and in the merit of our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael. Thank our Week of Learning sponsors Robert Imus in commemoration of the airsight of his mother, Rus Bas Sora. And an appreciation for the Daf Yomi Shir, an anonymous sponsor in honor of Yoni Frager's birthday. Yoni Frager's birthday is getting a lot of traction in this year, a lot of traction this year. Mazel tov, mazel tov. And our day of learning sponsors, Yitzhi and Rebecca Statman, Lezecher Nishmas, Menucha, Shindel, Yehudis, Bas, David, Yosef. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamos have an Aliyah, the families of Anachama, all those who need a Rafua should have one together with Kol Chole Yisrael. Yoni Frager should have an incredible happy birthday. Our holy soldiers of the IDF should have Hashem Bizocha to be successful in all of their missions. And our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael should have incredible siyat dishmaya, koach and gevura mirat Hashem in the days ahead. Well, so with that, let us let us begin. Our daf today is Samechas 68. And we are picking up in Mirat Hashem on Samech Zayin Amud Beis. So we left off, we left off at Ashkechan Achos Isha, which is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11 lines up from the bottom. So as I remember again, what we were dealing with in the, in the Mishnah, actually a very interesting Mishnah, where the Mishnah broke down marriage into multiple categories and explained that depending specifically on the status of the people involved in the marriage will determine ultimately again, number one, does the marriage itself work? Is the marriage effective? And number two, what is the, what is the impact of the marriage on the offspring? So we're now in category number four, uh, actually category number three, which is that if a man marries a woman whom, who is usher to him, right, who he cannot affect Kiddushin with, but she could affect Kiddushin with someone else, then the offspring is a mamzer. So remember, again, we, we already identified the idea that that's really referring to people, to anyone who's in erva. Anyone who's in erva. So I'll say, so now what we started with yesterday, so again, a man tries to marry any woman who is one of the arayos to him, tries to marry his sister, tries to marry his mother, tries to marry another married woman. So remember again, there's no kiddushin in any of these cases, and the offspring is a mamzer. Now, interestingly enough, the one case that the Torah identifies in this area ultimately is Achosisha, wife's sister. So I'll say, so now we're trying to figure out how do we know this halacha? So the Gemara says, Ashkechan, sorry, Ashkechan, Achosisha. So now I find this principle ultimately again by wife's sister. That if you try to marry your wife's sister, A, the Kiddushin doesn't work, and B, the offspring from that union will be a mamzer. Shar Arayos Minalan. From where do I know other Arayos relationships that this is true as well? Number one, that no Kiddushin. And number two, that if that relations with this, that, that a child, from this union produces a mamzer. So the Gemara says, Yafinan me achos isha. We learn it out from achos isha. Ma achos isha mi yuchedes. She erva vechayoven al zadono karis val shigagas echatos. Velo tafsi bakidushin. Shavu says, essentially, achos isha becomes, wife sister becomes the paradigm. What's unique about wife sister? Number one, she's an erva. Number two, relations with her intentionally carry karis, right? And accidentally is a chatos, a shogig is a chatos. And Kiddushin doesn't take effect. So this becomes the paradigm. Afkol, shehu, she erva. Any case where the relationship is an erva, bechayoven al zadona karis, and ultimately intentional relations carry with it a karis penalty. Val shegagasa chatos, and a shogeg will result in a chatos. Lo tafsi ba Kiddushin. So we'll say, so that's the Gemara suggesting that Allah said, this is the paradigm. So as long as you fit the paradigm of achos isha, namely, it's an erva. Intentional violation is karis. Unintentional violation is a chatos. And kiddushin doesn't. I'm sorry. And kiddushin doesn't take effect. 
so to any forbidden relationship that fits into this paradigm, also Kiddushin won't take effect, and Halacha also created Mamzer. Mamzer. Fine. So Bishlam Akulhu Asyan Ela Eishes Ish Ve'Eishes Ach Ikala Mifrach. So we'll say, here's the difference. So fine, most Arayos cases could fit into this paradigm. But here's the problem. Two cases, namely again, Eishes Ish, a married woman, Eishes Ach, one's brother's wife, Ikala Mifrach. There's a Pircha, there's a problem. What's the problem? Mala Achos Isha. They will say, there is no situation in which your wife's sister is permitted to you. Right? Now, the truth is, technically, when does she become permitted? Right. But why? She's no longer your wife's sister. In other words, right? So in other words, the words point out of here, in Achos Ishan, wife's sister, there is no scenario in which she becomes permitted to you. Yet, Tomar Ve'eshazach, your brother's wife, your brother's wife, there is a mitzvah, remember again, your brother's wife, there is a situation where ultimately she becomes permitted to you. So to a married woman, this is interesting, what's unique about a married woman? So they will say, in, in all other situations, in all other Araya situations, so ultimately again, the person who is prohibited as an erva, is never permitted when the person who makes her an erva is alive, right? However, Tomar Be'eshes Ish, Osran. Yet a married woman, technically speaking, could become permitted during the lifetime of the person who prohibits her. Now, listen, how does that happen? Divorce. Divorce, right? So right now, again, Rachel's married to Ruvain, so therefore, again, Rachel's an erva onto every other man. Technically speaking, again, Ruvain divorces her, even though Ruvain's still alive, she now becomes permitted. So we're just pointing out over here that whereas we thought that the paradigm of Achos Isha, of wife's sister, is such a perfect paradigm to learn out that anytime you're an erva, we're ultimately, again, intentional violation, kares, unintentional violation, chatos, kiddushin doesn't take effect, offspring are mamzerim, so anything that fits, so therefore anything that's an erva, and again, has those punishments fit in. We're just pointing out there are cases that are different. There are cases that are different, which would then tell us that the paradigm doesn't work. Ela Amra Biona, Vitema Rafuna Bredav Yeshu, Amr Kar the Pasik says, Kala Sheri Asa, Mikala Twaivosa Elu Vinikrusu. So Rabosa, the Gemara now suggests the following. The Pasik says, Whoever shall go ahead, right? Whoever performs any of these abominable things, ultimately, again, the people involved will suffer karis. And I will say, this is talking about arayos. So what do you see from this pasuk? So I will say, you see that all arayos are grouped together, and ultimately, again, compared to the case of wife's sister. Just like a wife's sister, ultimately, again, Kiddushin doesn't take effect. So to all other Arayos, Kiddushin doesn't take effect. Okay, so that's, 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 a, pretty, that's a pretty easy drasha. Ihaki, if that's the case. So I says, that's very interesting. Ihaki, tap of Samaches, Afilu Nida Nami. So I listen to this. So based on this, so, so now the paradigm you're creating is as follows. The Pasik says, Whoever goes ahead and performs any of these abominable things, i.e., is involved in an erva relationship, ultimately, again, punishable by kares. So you see from here that all arayos, all, right, all, all, immoral, all forbidden immoral religions are grouped together. And the Gemara suggests, and ultimately compared to Achosisha, to wife's sister. And then we go back to what we said before. Right, just like wife's sister, intentional violation, kares, unintentional violation, chatos, kiddushin doesn't take effect, offspring are mamzerim, that becomes the rule for everything. Say so any erva falls into that scenario. And again, both like, for our purposes, what are we focused on? For our purposes, is you cannot affect kiddushin with an erva. That's the point that's happening over here. You can't affect kiddushin with a woman who is an erva to you. Fine. Imar says, well, one second. Afilu nida nami. And both say, when a woman is a nida, when it was a nida, oh, right, she's an erva. Just to be clear, that's not just if one's wife is a nida, right? Stam a woman, right? You have a single man and a single woman, right? And ultimately, again, Ruben and Rachel are not married to each other. Rachel is a nida. When Rachel is a nida, ultimately, again, she is an erva. 
right? She is a, that is a forbidden relationship ultimately to Ruvain, right? Forbidden relationship to Ruvain. So the Gemara says, if that's the case, then you shouldn't be able to affect Kiddushin with a woman who is a Nida. Take a look at the top Rashi. Afilu Nida Nami, Im Kiddush Pinuya Bimei Nidasa, Lo Lehavo Kiddushin. Right? Ultimately, again, if you try to affect Kiddushin with a woman who is a Nida, we're talking about single people right now. Let's say, Ruvain's marrying Rachel. Very beautiful, wonderful Shidduch. Rachel is a Nida at the time they're going to get married. Bipashtos, that Kiddushin should not work. Says. Now, both say, now, there's two things the Imar is bringing up over here. So, number one, number one, based on what we just said, is in Alokhalamaiso, Kiddushin doesn't take effect in any case of Erba. That's number one. And number two, any, any resulting offspring are Mamzerim. So, if that's the case, a man should not be able to have Kiddushin, should not be able to marry a woman who is presently in Nida. That's number one. And number two, Relations with a woman who is a nida, right? The resulting offspring should be a mazer, b- b- based on the paradigm we've established. So the Gemara says, Allah, if that's the case, Allah Amar Abayi. So why did Abayi? So both say Samecha sixty-eight eight first line. Amar Abayi hakol moldin veba'al anida v'yavasota she'ein havlad mamzer. Yet Rabbi Yosef Abayi says everyone agrees that if a man has relations with a nida, Rabbi Yosef to be clear. Relations with a woman who is a nida is an offense punishable by kares, right? Yet, the offspring is not a mamzer. The offspring is not a mamzer. So the Gemara says, how do you know this? The, the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says, uh, sorry, utihi nidasa alav. Ultimately, I'm going to say, Utihini das, I love, what does that mean? Afilu bishas nidasa tehe bavia. They both say that Lashon of Tehi is the same Lashon of Vahaya, which is the Lashon of Kiddushin. So you see over here that it's hinted to in the Pasuk that you could affect Kiddushin with a woman who is a Nida. So I'll say, so by the way, there's so much to say on this. So first of all, so here's what's interesting. Is as much as we set up a paradigm that kiddushin cannot cannot be affected cannot cannot affect kiddushin with a woman who is, who is an erva, we see an exception to this rule. The exception to this rule is nida, that a man can marry a woman who is a nida. Now, granted, they can't have relations because relations ultimately again are partial by kares. But kiddushin does work. Why? It, it's a it's a limur in the pasuk utihi. Nidasa alav. Literally, again, her nidos will be upon him. What does that mean? Utihi, tihi is lashon of kiddushin. You can affect kiddushin with with a woman who is a nida. And I both say this is important. So two things I just want to comment on this. This is how he paskin, right? You could have what's called the chupas nida. Couple can get married. The woman is a nida. Now again, it has its own complications. In that, again, how does the chasson put the ring on the kala's finger without touching her? Because remember, again, physical contact is prohibited when the woman is a nida. And again, you can't have yichud, you can't have real yichud, right? Because again, the only hatred to be alone with a woman who's a nida is after a couple has had relations. So there, it, it, it's fraught with some level of, of halachic, I'm not going to call it difficulty, but halachic technicalities. But Allah so we ask him that a man can marry one of I want to share with you an incredible Rambam. The Rambam says something amazing. I'm just kind of going to give it to you away a little bit over here because I think it's, it's just fascinating. I kind of gave you the conclusion already, even though you knew it because the Mishnah said it. You cannot affect Kiddushin with a woman who is an Erva. Right? So a man tries to marry a married woman, doesn't work. Man tries to marry a sister, tries to marry his aunt, tries to marry his wife's sister. None of it works. Kiddushin doesn't work. Ultimately, again, because if you marry a nida, ultimately, again, totally works. But also, let's not the Rama men's. The ain roi lasos king. The Rama says you shouldn't do it. Don't, don't, don't get married when the woman is a nida. So I was saying, there's a lot of read on this. There's a lot of discussion over here. Exactly like, what, what exactly does this mean? So some argue on this Rambam vociferously, saying, Rambam, where do you get this from? The Magid Mishnah brings down, he says, Rambam is saying just on a practical level, on a practical level, the concern is that she'll come to touch her. 
right? Or worse, come to relations. In other words, that, that again, a couple's just getting married. You know, obviously, again, there's, there's intensity of emotion. So the fact that the wife is Anita, again, it seems, seems to feel like it's playing with fire a little bit. They're just better to avoid. So again, just pointing out, again, the Shulchan Aruch doesn't, doesn't bring down that same phrase of Ein Roy Lasso's Cain, but it, it's interesting just to note the sheet as well. It works, but Halacha Lameisa, it works, but Halacha Lameisa, ultimately, again, better to avoid. Now, I will say, it is interesting to note, I just mentioned this, just mentioned this, that why doesn't offspring with Anida produce Mamzerim? In other words, it seems, it seems to defy the rule, right? A woman who's Anida, is an erva, is an erva. Relations with an erva are prohibited, are prohibited, right? Punishable by kares intentionally, chatas unintentionally, and the offspring is a mamzer. That is the rule. So why doesn't it work this way by nida? So I'll share with you a ridiculously amazing Sefer HaChinuch. Sefer HaChinuch said that ultimately, again, this is an example of chesed of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Let's just be honest just a moment. Can you imagine what Kral Yisrael would look like if ultimately again, so offspring from Anida produced Mamzerim? So again, for, for a variety of different reasons, right? People struggle with Tara Samishpacha, people don't know Tara Samishpacha, people make mistakes in Tara Samishpacha, we're human beings. And it affects an area of life, of, of marital intimacy, which is, which is sometimes such a complicated area. So can you imagine if ultimately, again, relations with Anida produced Mamzerim Rosai? There, there would be a proliferation. In other words, it, it would totally wreck the entire genealogical structure of Klal Yisrael. So the Shalom knows us. He knows us. He knows our strengths. He knows our weaknesses. He knows the things that we struggle with. And Sefer HaKinuch says, in one of the greatest displays of Chesed from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he made this an exception. Now, again, to be clear, Relations with a woman who's in Ida is a chiyiv karis. Right? Relations with a woman, that's intentionally. Unintentionally, a chiyiv chatos. A chiyiv chatos. Right? So, so again, it is a very, very, very severe prohibition. But that being said, the Rebbe Shalom also went ahead and kind of put a safeguard for the nitzchis of Kaiser. So I will say, the beauty of this is, the beauty of this is, what do you see from here? The Rebbe Shalom is hyper-focused on one thing, and that is, the endurance of our people and the longevity of our people and the staying power of Kalal Yisrael. That's what I see. I say that, that's where our confidence comes from. What is Kalal Yisrael's confidence? Ridiculous confidence. Where do we get this confidence and hope and optimism? Right? Even in the face of sometimes overwhelming adversity, where do we get it from? So it's interesting. We get it from Nida. I know that sounds like you've never heard that one before, right? We get it, meaning we'll say, look what's happening in this halacha. What's happening is Allah says, I've got your back. I've got your back. I am hyper-focused in ensuring that this people survives. I am hyper-focused in ensuring that this people thrives. I'm hyper-focused in make sure, making sure that there is continuity for Kalal Yisrael, the Nezach Yisrael. So like, when you have, when you have the king of kings essentially changing the rules, say, that's what he did. He changed the rules. Right? The rule is, the rule is, the rule is that ultimately, again, offspring with an erva produces mamzerim. That's the rule. In 99.99999% of the time, there's one exception. Where's the exception? In the one case where we would be most prone to produce mamzerim. Isn't that incredible? In the one case where we're most prone to produce mamzerim, Pastor Akash says, no, no mamzerim in that case. No mamzerim in that case. Kadosh is hyper-focused on our continuity and on our national strength. That's what the Rebbe Shalom is focused on. If he has to change the halacha to ensure that, he'll, we can't change halacha, he'll change the halacha ultimately to ensure that. I will say this, who would have ever thought that Kiddushin Samichai Samadalev, the exception by Nida, would ultimately become one of the most incredible and magnificent sources of strength for Klav Yisrael. The Rebbe Shalom always has our back. The Rebbe Shalom is always focused on taking care of us. The Rebbe Shalom has one primary focus in this great universe, which is to ensure the nitzchias, the eternality of Kalal Yisrael. And when you know that, when you know that, Rebbe Shalom, you can put your head on the pillow, resting assured that everything will be okay. 
Because the Melech Malchei Hamlochim is holding your hands every single moment. Incredible, I will say. What, what a chizik and what an incredible mucker, right? What an incredible source for that chizik. Okay, let's go back there. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara as follows. So the Gemara says, Michdi, Ikala Kushal Nidav, Ikala Kushal Achosisha. Says Rabbi Say, it turns out that what? It turns out that Alochal Amaisa, now we have two sources for our rights, right? In other words, we almost have like two models. There's Achos Isha model, and then there's the Nida model. What's the Achos Isha model? The Achos Isha model is, right? Bemezid, Bemezid, Kares, Beshogeg, Chatos, No Kidushin, and Mamzer. Right? That's the, that's the Achos Isha. What's the Nida model? Yes, right? Kares, uh, for intentional, right? Chatos, yes, Kidushin, no Mamzerus. So, what I say? says, I don't stand. Why are you comparing all other arayos to Achosisha? Why don't you do what? Why don't you compare all, all arayos to what? Tanida. Tanida. So the Gemara says, Mechti, Ikalakusha, Nida, Ikalakusha, La Achosisha. You could compare all other arayos ultimately again to Nida or, or, or other arayos to Achosisha, to wife's sister. My chaz is the makshis lohu la achosisha. Why are you comparing it to achosisha? Actually, nida. Go ahead and compare it to nida. To which the Gemara says, Kula v'chumra, l'chumra makshia. No, because it makes sense. But I will say, when it comes to, when it comes to arayos, when it comes to arayos, when you want to go ahead and halacha l'maysa, right, create a paradigm, it makes sense that for arayos, your paradigm is going to be l'chumra and not l'kula. Okay, so for Bosai, it turns out that Nida is not at all the paradigm. Nida is the exception to the paradigm. Okay, so Asigimar says, So Bosai, so remember, we're just trying to figure out one simple thing over here. We're trying to figure out, from where do I know that in cases of Arayos, Kiddushin doesn't take effect and the resulting offspring are Mamzerim. Right, that's what I want to know. So we had just had Rabbi, so Rav Yonah. So Rav Yonah went ahead and learned it out from again. Essentially, all our rayos are compared to Achos Isha. Fine. Now we're going to have another approach. Rav Achav Yaakov Amar Asiv Kavachomer Mi Yivama. There's a Kavachomer from Yivama. What's the Kavachomer by Yivama? So the Gemara says, My Yivama Shehi Belav Lo Tavsi Bo Kiddushin. So I say ultimately again, by Yivama, by Yivama. Ultimately, again, she has a love. Now, I will say, look at Rashi. Asya, look at Rashi, Asya. Sha'arayos pekavachomer mi yivama l'shok. She'ein kiddushin tofsin bakidu amarav b'yivam. So, I will say, the Yimar over here is quoting the opinion of Rav, who says that a woman who is a shomeres yavam. So, right, so a woman who is waiting for yibam. Ultimately, again, kiddushin from another man, i.e. then from her brother-in-law, does not take effect. Does not take effect. Now, now, a Yivama is only under the penalty of a lav when it comes to another man, right? It's not an Isra Kares, right? It's not, it's not, it might be, quote unquote, an Erva. It's not really even, well, it's quite, kind of like an Erva, but Lamaisa, again, it's only punishable by a lav. So, by, by Yivama, where, she's only puni- where it's only punishable by a lav, if another man tries to make Kadeshur, low tough Sibu Kedushin, the Kedushin doesn't work. We'll say, if Stamagai, right, Rachel right, is married to Ruvain, Ruvain dies, right, without children. Ruben has a brother, Shimon. So now Rachel is a Shomeres Yavam. She's waiting to do Yibam. Then what happens? Levi, unrelated guy, comes and gives her Kiddushin. The people say, what's that, Rachel? Doesn't work. Doesn't work. So this is a lot, but yet again, this is a lav. So again, there's a prohibition of a lav, yet Kiddushin will not work. So Chavi Misos, Chavi Krisos, Lokoshikin. So we'll say, all the more so, all the more so, if ultimately, again, you have a relationship which is punishable by Misa or by Kares, certainly it will not work. So we'll say, so that's, so Rabbi Chaba Yaakov is learning all this stuff from a Kavachomer. Kavachomer from Yivama. If that's the case, Shar Chayvei Lavin Nami. So we'll say, well, if that's the case, then the truth is you should apply this to other Chayvei Lavin. And say, Kiddushin won't, just like, just like by Yivama, if another man tries to make Kali Shur, it won't work. And that's only punishable by a lav. So we'll say, so Rabbi Chaba Yaakov wanted to make a Kavachomer. If Kiddushin is not tofsin by a lav, it's certainly not what? It's not tofsin by Kares. I don't understand, so why don't you just say that just like Kiddushin is not tofsin by a lav, by Yivama, it's also not co-faced in any other k- cases of a lav. So the Gemara says, Amrav Papa, Chayvei Lav in Behejik Sibu. No, 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 because we'll say, by Chayvei Lav in there's another Pasuk. What does the Pasuk say? Ki siyena le'ish shtei noshim. Pasuk says, actually very interesting, if a man will have two wives, two wives, ha'achas ahuva, v'achas snua. One is beloved and one is and one is despised. Now, both say, this is Parshas Kiseite. 
So remember again, context. What's the context? The parsha begins with the discussion of the Yifastar, the war bride. Now remember again, Kesh does not want the Jewish soldier taking a war bride. It's a disaster. It's an absolute disaster. But the Torah can Okay, we're not going to get into the whole sugya. Afterwards, the Torah speaks out the halachos of inheritance. And the Torah says, if a man has, if a man has two wives, one who he loves and one who he despises, and the older child is from who? The despised wife. You can't favor the child of the loved wife over the child of the despised wife. So you have to give the older child gets pishnaim gets a double portion. So listen, this is a great gemara. So listen to this. So the Torah says, man has two wives. Sorry, So I don't the gemara says, is there a loved wife and a despised wife before Hakadosh Baruch Hu? Now look at Rashi. This is incredible. Literally, does the Torah care if a man loves one wife and doesn't love another wife? Like, like does, that, does that matter? Does that matter? All the Torah needed to say is, who gets double portion? Who gets double portion? The Bukhar, the firstborn. You like his mother, you don't like his mother. You, it, who cares? Who cares? They both say, this is such a, fascinating, such a fascinating statement of, does it matter to the Torah if you love your wife or if you don't love your wife? So, so I was thinking about this. That, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I think it kind of does, right? I think it matters to the Torah. So I was saying, perhaps, perhaps the Gemara is trying to teach us something amazing. And I was saying, sometimes in life, sometimes in life, the job has to get done. The job has to get done independent of whatever your particular emotional circumstances are. See, a lot of times we kind of like, there's something that has to be accomplished, but yet it often doesn't get accomplished because I'm I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm not not engaged. I'm not inspired. I'm not uh, this. I'm not that. Who cares? Who cares? Sometimes when something in life has to get done, your feelings make absolutely no difference. And you just have to do what you have to do. So, and it could be that there's a certain paradigm like that that exists in marriage as well, which might sound a little bit strange. A person's in a marriage. I was saying, is every husband and wife always constantly madly in love? Of course, no one ever wants to answer this. Yeah, of course, I am all the time. No, no. Right? There are times of, the, right? There are peaks and valleys in every single marriage. So, what do you do in the valleys? It's, and we'll say sometimes it's a huva and sometimes it's snua. Yes, sometimes it can even, sometimes it can even descend into snua. So, what's the other says? Do you think a Baruch who cares if it's a huva or snua? You have a job. You have a job. You have a job as a husband. You have a job as a wife. Do your job. Do your job. Fulfill your responsibilities. Rise to the occasion. Do what has to get done for the home, for the family, for the marriage. Ah, you're not feeling it? Too bad. Too bad. Try to figure it out and try to go ahead and plot a course for it. And I both say, and it's not just true in marriage, it's true in life. You know, both say, think about this just a moment. Imagine like our precious soldiers, right? So imagine someone wakes up, right? The soldier wakes up this morning. He's like, you know what? I don't know. I'm just not feeling the whole army thing today. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not so into it, you know? Today really feels much more like a beach day, right? The weather's nice. The sky is blue. Today really feels, it's like, what? Chevra, how many times do we wake up in the morning and say, you know what? Today, oh, not feeling the sheer thing. Not, just not feeling it. Just not feeling it, Right? I don't know, you know, yeah. right? Not feeling it, not feeling the night saber thing, not feeling the mincha uh, Oh no, not feeling it. So what? So what that you're not feeling it? Who said that you have a right to feel it or not feel it? Or who says how you feel makes any difference to anyone? There's a job. There's a job that has to get done. There's a job that has to get done. The responsibilities that each of us have. You feel like it, you don't feel like it, it doesn't make a difference. When there's a job that you have, when there are responsibilities that sit on your shoulders, 
You do what is expected of you. See, I was saying, when the, Torah, the Gemara says over here, the Gemara is saying sometimes, very often, who cares how you feel? What matters is the responsibilities you have upon you. Execute your responsibilities responsibly. Do what is upon you and don't get caught in the world of emotion or what you feel like. Such an incredible yisod. So Gemara goes back to Ella. So we'll say, so let's go back. Okay, but Pasha Pshat is, Pasha Pshat is still, why does the Torah say Ahuva and Snua? Ella Ahuva, Ahuva b'nisu'eha. Snua, Snua b'nisu'eha. It's incredible. We'll say, the Gemara wants to suggest that maybe Ahuva and Snua actually doesn't mean a beloved wife and a despised wife, but rather it's actually referring to the nature of their marriages. Ahuva means a union that is blessed by God, right? And a snua means a union that is despised by God. So the Gemara says, and yet, what does it say? And the Torah says it works. I will say, what's an example of a union that is despised by God? A snua? That's a prohibited union. Now, I will say, now we know it can't refer to a karis, to a karis relationship. Why? Why? Because there is no kiddushin by a karis relationship. So therefore, it must refer to what? To a love. To a love. And yet, what do you see? V'kamrachmana, kisiyana. The Torah says kisiyana. Remember again, sihiyana, haya, is lashon of what? Kiddushin. See, see from here, I both say that halokha lamaisa, kiddushin does work. Kiddushin does work with tov se'lavin, right? Kiddushin does, or kiddushin is tov se'lavin. Kiddushin does work with unions, with marriages that are punishable by a love. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Akiva, so, 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 so you're right. So Rabbi Akiva, don't worry, kiddushin tov se'lavin. It'll reflect the view of Rabbi Akiva. So the question is on Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, who holds that ultimately, again, kiddushin doesn't take effect. Remember, there's a famous sheet of Rabbi Akiva that kiddushin doesn't take effect by chavilavin. Kisiyana b'may mokim. So according to Rabbi Akiva, what is kisiyana? What is that referring to? What's this snu in that case? Ba'amara the coin goggle. Remember again, it's talking about the union of an amana to a, coin, a widow to a coin goggle. So the master says, Rabbi Simoy. This is Rabbi Simoy. Omer minakol hayy Rabbi Akiva osem mamzer. Remember Rabbi Akiva's very machmir position that Rabbi Akiva created a mamzer ultimately again through any union. Right, Rabbi Akiva says, any prohibited union creates a mamzer. So the Gemara says, Chutz mi amara le coin The exception to Rabbi Akiva's own rule was an amana to a coin goggle. Shahari amra Torah lo yichalal. The Torah says, he shall not profane. Chilulim ose ve'en ose mamzeres. So Rabbi Akiva, like Rabbi Simoy, or Rabbi Simoy, explain Rabbi Akiva. That Allah Chalamais is very interesting. Even though Rabbi Akiva normally goes ahead and creates a mamzer, ultimately again from Chavei Lavin, the exception is an Amona to a coin god. Or Rabbi Yishavev de Amar Bob and Savach al Akiva ben Yosef. Shaya Omer calls Shein Lok Bia Bi Yisrael Vlad Mamzer. And I was a current Rabbi Yishavev who really attacked Rabbi Akiva. Said Rabbi Akiva, what are you doing? Rabbi Akiva, you're going to make so many Mamzerim ultimately again because every prohibited marriage, even through Allah, produces Mamzerus. So Rabbi Yishavev calls Rabbi Yishavev. So according to Rabbi Shavev, if it comes to exclude the position of Rabbi Shemayim, it makes sense. But if he's just coming to his spouse's own opinion, ultimately again, even a marriage punishable by an assay perhaps should be included in this. So my mokim, what do you establish the case? The Ba'ula the coin gadol, talking about the case of a non a Ba'ula. We'll say Ba'ula is a woman who is not a virgin, marrying a coin gadol. Why is it different? Because you both say the case of a Ba'ula Kohen the idea that a Kohen has to marry a Basula, it is an example of, of a prohibition or an assay that do, or is actually a positive commandment that doesn't apply to everyone else. In other words, you both say, because remember, uniquely enough, the concept of a Basula is only a din by one man, i.e., the Kohen No one else has that particular Allah. But Rabbanon will say, Instead of setting up the case as talking about a marriage of Chayvei Lavin, ultimately, again, set it up as Chayvei Ase. Again, relationships prohibited by a positive commandment. So we'll say, what's the case of Chayvei Ase? So we'll say, remember again, we're just trying to figure out, we're just trying to figure out in the Torah, if we, if we go with the approach, that when the Torah speaks about Ha'achas Ahuva Ha'achas Snua, one woman is beloved and one woman is despised. It's not talking about the nature of the relationship with the husband. But rather, what is it talking about? It's talking about the nature of the marriage. The nature of the marriage. One marriage is beloved, i.e. a halachically proper marriage. And one marriage is despised, i.e. a halachically inappropriate marriage. So we're trying to figure out what are the cases. Samarina so wants to suggest as follows. Maybe 
We're talking about chayve asay. Chayve asay means ultimately unions which are prohibited through a positive commandment. Gemara says, what's the case? Ishte misrios. So we'll say, if you're talking about a man who's married to two Egyptian converts, so that's the case, stay in snuo. So we'll say, that's prohibited. Remember, again, you can't marry an Egyptian convert. When, when could Egyptian converts marry into the General Assembly of the Jewish people? Third generation. Say, if you're talking about a guy who's married to two Egyptian converts, then Lamais again, both are quote-unquote snuos. I'achas mitzris v'achas Yisraelis. If one of them is a mistress and one of them is Yisraelis, then shtein noshem am echad ba'ina. Here's the problem, we'll say, there has to be some symmetry in the unions, right? In other words, when it says, achas achas snua, there has to be some symmetry in the two unions. And ultimately, again, if one of them is a mistress, one of them is Israelis, that's two from two different nations. So the Gemara says, so you need it, if it's not a case of a woman who is not a basula, marrying a coin gadol, miksiv sihiyana la coin, does the Pasuk say they could be married? Rabbi Akiva, balkarchi shafki lakra, shafki lakra, davidachik u mukeyavshay. Rabbi Akiva, therefore, I will say, turns out that according to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva won't dash in this Pasuk. Rabbi Akiva, to dash in this Pasuk, of ha'achas ahuva, achas nua is too complicated, and therefore, again, he just chooses his own drasha. So I will say, okay, so so bottom line, what, what are we taking from over here? So I will say, so this is just, remember, we're on a simple mission. The simple mission ultimately is to figure out from where do we know that Kiddushin is not tofsin by any erva situation. And if a man does have offspring with an erva, ultimately, again, it is araya. So, so bottom line, bottom line, halacha myself, what we see is either number one, a isha, number two, a comparison to achos isha, or number three, a kavachomer to yivama. That just like Yivama is only punishable ultimately by a lot, yet Kiddushin is not tofsin by her. So by any other relationship where Kiddushin is, uh, where Kiddushin, excuse me, where relations is punishable by Kares, certainly Kiddushin won't be tofsin. Okay, we'll say here's the good news. Everyone is agreeing on the result, right? The result is you cannot affect Kiddushin with a woman whose relationship with you is prohibited by Kares, right? Or by Chatos, right? And if you do, so Kiddushin won't work. We saw that, we just saw that in the Ramam. And if you try, and again, an offspring will ultimately again be Mamzerim. So everyone is agreeing on the result or on the conclusion. Three-way machlokes as to how we learn that particular Allah. Beautiful. Let's go back there. Says, So remember again, fourth category in the Mishnah, last category in the Mishnah was a woman with whom there is no Kiddushin for anyone. No Kiddushin for anyone. So what's the halacha? Ultimately, again, these, so remember again, there's no kares, there's no kares, there's no kares, but Allah again, the status of the offspring follows the mother. So what's the example of this? Essentially, either a shifcha kinanis or a non-Jewish woman. A non-Jewish woman. So a man has relations with a non-Jewish woman. No kiddushin, obviously. No kiddushin. No kares either, but no kiddushin. And again, the status of the offspring determined by her. So the Gemara says, how do we know this? So the Gemara says, Shifcha kinanis minolan. From where do we know that this Allah applies to Shifcha kinanis? Amr Avhuna, Amr Kra, Shvulachem poemachamar, imadome lechamar. Okay, so let's let's give a little explanation over here. I just want to say, so 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 remember again. So remember again. This is by this is by the Akeda. So Avmavinu Avmavinu tells says Shulachem tells tells stay stay here with the donkey. Now both say the Gemara says the donkey being referenced is Eliezer, is Eliezer, that Avmavinu was making a, a status a status a status statement that Eliezer genealogically genealogically had a different status than everyone else. The way that is, so the same way that a chamar, an animal, doesn't have genealogical status, so so too, again, the nations of the world don't have genealogical status vis-a-vis the Jewish people, which means, again, that if a Jew marries a Gentile, so by definition, again, now this is talking about a Jewish man marrying ultimately, or not marrying, even having offspring with a non-Jewish woman, so that the genealogy ultimately, again, is not connected to the Jewish father at all. And therefore, again, that offspring will be completely and fully under the umbrella, the genealogical umbrella of the mother. What's the genealogical umbrella of the mother? Vis-a-vis us, vis-a-vis Klaal Yisrael, nothing. Nothing. One of the nations of the world, ultimately, again, not part of our genealogy. The way the Gemara chooses to express it is the same way that a chamor, that a donkey, that an animal doesn't have any genealogical connection 
to cloud Israel. So ultimately, again, the nations of the world have no genealogical connection to Am Yisrael as well. So Ash the Gemara says, So now I understand, so actually we skipped that a little bit. I understand now that you can't affect Kiddushin, right? So therefore, again, if a Jewish man tries to marry a non-Jewish woman, there's no Kiddushin in that. So the Gemara says, Vlada Kamosa Minalan. Right? Ultimately, again, how do I know that the offspring follows the mother? Right? So there's two pieces over here. The idea, ultimately, again, that I can't go ahead, that a Jewish man can't go ahead and affect Kiddushin ultimately with a non-Jewish woman. Where do I know that from? Because they're both, again, on a genealogical level, so the non-Jew is compared ultimately, again, to the donkey. Again, not calling the non-Jew a donkey, but ultimately seeing on a genealogical level. The same way that ultimately, again, the Hamar has no genealogical connection to the Jew, so the nations of the world have no genealogical connection to the Jew. So again, if there's no, if there's no familial connection, you can't have Kiddushin. How do I know also that if they do have relations and there's offspring, that ultimately, again, the identity of the offspring follows the Gentile mother? Ultimately, the Pasuk says, the maidservant and her offspring ultimately, again, will belong to the master. Now remember, this is talking dafka by Shifcha Kinanis. Right? By a non-Jewish maidservant. So that's, and that's why the Gemara was pointing out of The Gemara says, Shifcha kinanis minolan. Because one of the examples that the Mishnah gave was a non-Jewish maidservant. So Nabosai, so now, when it comes to a non-Jewish maidservant, I know two things. Number one, Kiddushin doesn't work. Right? And ultimately, again, the offspring, the offspring is Mesiaches, is genealogically under the umbrella of the Gentile mother. So I know those two things now. I know those two things now. That's Shifcha kinanis. Nochris minolan. say, what about a Stam non-Jewish woman? Stam non-Jewish woman. So again, not a shifcha kinanis. A shifcha kinanis. Right? But ultimately, again, a stam Jewish, a non-Jewish woman. How do I know that if a Jewish man tries to marry a non-Jewish woman, that there's no kiddushin, there's no concept of kiddushin in this context. Amakrav, lo tishatein bam. The Pasuk says, you shall not marry them. You shall not marry them. The say, who's the them? Now, actually, we're going to see ultimately again that them are actually the nations of Canaan. But the idea over here is this is not a shifcha case. These are Gentile nations. You cannot marry into the Gentile nations. Lotis chatin bam. That's it. So what this Gemara says? Now, Rashi points out, Lotahilacha bam Torah schitun. The institution of marriage doesn't apply to them. In other words, I want to be clear. B'nei Noach, gents, right? Halachically, B'nei Noach, have a concept of marriage. What it's saying is the concept of marriage doesn't apply between Jew and non-Jew. There's no, there's no construct of marriage between a Jew and a non-Jew. So the Gemara says, So now I know ultimately again that there's no Kiddushin. So the Gemara says, How do I know that if they do have relations, they do have relations, and ultimately again there's offspring, that the offspring follows the mother, uh, the, mother the Gentile mother. How do I know that? So we'll say this is fascinating. Now the context over here is the context over here is actually the previous pasuk is Do not marry them. Do not marry into the nations of the world. Do not give your daughter to his son, which means don't allow your daughter to intermarry. And do not take his daughter, i.e. the Gentile, the Gentile daughter, for your son. After that, the Pasuk says, Because again, if your son marries a non-Jewish woman, ultimately again, she will turn his heart, ultimately again, away from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what's going to happen. So what I say, it's interesting. Even once your son marries, even if a person's son marries a non-Jewish woman, the Torah still calls him what? Bincha, your son. Which, there's a lot to say there also, that sometimes in life, I'll say sometimes in life, our children don't do what they want, they want, what don't do what we want them to do. You're like, sometimes our children don't do what we want them to do. I'll say, it's always important, one of the most important things in a relationship between a parent and a child, is a child always has to know that there's a sense of unconditional love. It's much harder sometimes for a father than it is for a mother, right? But there are, there are all of us experience moments where, where maybe we're not proud of our children for a variety of different reasons. 
so important that we try to keep that inside and maybe they don't see that. A, band, a, ch- a son always has to know that he has a place in his father's heart, no matter how many wrong turns he makes in life. After all, again, isn't that what we want from HaKadosh Baruch and I do so many things to disappoint my father every single day. And what do I want? I just want to know that he loves me. And I just want to know that he's proud of me, no matter how many times I disappoint him. So if that's what I want from my father, then I have to make sure that that's the same thing I give to my kids. If I give that to my children, then my father will give that to me. So the Gemara says, you see from here, that ultimately, again, your son is still called your son. Right? Why? Because your son came from a Jewish woman. He says, Bincha Abam Yisrael, Kari Bincha. Ultimately, again, your son who comes from a Jewish woman is ultimately called your son. But a child you have with a non-Jewish woman, he's not called your son. So we'll say, that's how we're learning out. So it's two things we're learning out of here. Number one, number one, there is no kiddushin. There is no kiddushin with a non-Jewish woman. And number two, ultimately the offspring that comes from that woman, that offspring is not yours. That offspring ultimately, again, halacha goes after her. It's only called bincha when it's a child who comes from a Jewish woman. But if it's a child that comes from a non-Jewish woman, that's her son, not your son. Ella bino. Amra bin bino. What do you see from here? Ben bincha. Also, what you see from here is something very interesting, which is the son of your daughter, son of your daughter, who comes from a Gentile father, is still called your son. Right? In other words, why? Jewish mother. Right? Jewish mother. Any child that comes from a Jewish mother, ultimately, again, is still called your son, is still called the Jew, is still called the Yid. Now, again, the, so we'll see. So, what does Ravina hold? So we'll say, maybe Ravina holds, now listen to this, that ultimately a non-Jew or an Eved who fathers a child with a Jewish woman, although the child is Jewish because it's coming from a Jewish mother, ultimately, again, the offspring is Mamzer. Offspring is a Mamzer. Where it says, whoa, where did you get that from? No, even though the child might not be kasher, we'll see what that means in just a moment, Mamzer Lohavi, Apostle Mikri. Ultimately, I will say, even though the, so the Gemara essentially says that the child that comes from a Jewish mother and a non-Jewish father is not going to be a mamzer. What is Rabbi saying? It's Apostle. Now, the truth is, we don't have too much time to really get into this, but this is actually interesting. What is the status? So I will say, I just want to point out what, what like, such a solistic Gemara we're learning over here today, right? The concept of intermarriage. The concept of intermarriage. How do we know that Halacha Lamaisa again, first of all, it's interesting that technically speaking, there's no such thing on a halakha, on a legal level, as intermarriage, right? Why is there no such thing? Because there's no such thing as marriage when it comes to a Jew and a non-Jew. That construct ultimately, again, doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So I will say, so that's number one. Number two, halakha, so that we've established. Number two, we've established that if a Jew has offspring with a non-Jewish woman, that offspring follows her, right? Why? Again, kiyosir is bincha. Your son is only a son when it comes from a Jewish woman. If it doesn't come from a Jewish woman, ultimately, again, that's not your son, that's her son. That was, and interestingly enough, so now we establish that offspring that comes from a Jewish mother, even halacha lamaisa, if the father is not Jewish, the offspring is still Jewish. So the Imam wanted to say, maybe the offspring is a mamzer. No, the offspring is not a mamzer. Rather, again, the, the offspring ultimately, again, is the Gemara says, is possible. Is possible. Now, what's the impact of being puzzle? So we'll say puzzle is not a mamzer. So what's interesting is you see that the child who is the offspring ultimately again of a non-Jewish father and a Jewish woman is 100% Jewish, but there is some level of genealogical impact. So for example, again, if it was a girl, that girl would not marry a Cohen. That girl would not marry a Cohen. Now again, there's a discussion again about if it's a boy, what the impact on him is. But just, just again, suffice it to say that halacha lemaisa, even though the child is 100% genealogical Jewish, genealogically Jewish, there is some level of genealogical impact as a result of this union. Incredible. Tomorrow says, Hahu, but here's the problem, we'll say. The Pasuk of Lotishatin Bam, don't marry into them, which we're using as the source for intermarriage, that's actually specifically written about the seven nations. I mentioned this before, right? There was, that's a specific prohibition for a Jew not to marry into the seven nations of Canaan, right? So the Gemara says, 
how do I know about other nations? Well, I was about to say, how do I know that the prohibition of intermarriage, the biblical prohibition of intermarriage, applies to all Gentile nations, not just the seven, not just the seven that are indigenous to Canaan. So the Amikrad, the Pasuk says, Ki es bincha. The Pasuk says, essentially, do not allow your son to marry anyone who is going to cause him to veer. Go and cause him to veer. The rabos kol hamasirim. The boss said this comes to include anyone who would cause your child to veer. So in other words, who does that apply to? Any Gentile. Right? So allowing my child to marry anyone who's non-Jewish ultimately, again, creates the potential ultimately of chas shalom causing the Jewish child to go off the derech. Hanichal Rabbi Shimon, the derech time of the crop. So, I will say, so here's what's interesting. So I, will say, so I just want to point out what's happening over here because it's really, it's actually quite riveting. So what's happening over here? So I will say, so I have, what's the makar, right? What's the source ultimately again for, what's the source for a prohibition of intermarriage? Do not marry, in, sorry, do not marry them. Who's the them? I will say, who's the them in the passage? Who's the them? The seven nations of Canaan. How do I know that the prohibition applies to everyone else? Do not marry the seven nations. Why? Because ultimately, if you allow your son to marry one of their daughters, the daughter will cause your son to leave HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So you see from here, it refers to any marriage which could cause spiritual alienation. So therefore, again, any marriage to a non-Jewish woman which could cause spiritual alienation ultimately is prohibited. The Gemara says, listen to this, Rabbi that's fine. This makes sense for Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon Darshan's time is Rabbi said, there's a fundamental machlokas. When you look at mitzvos, or for that matter, again, prohibitions, ultimately, again, do we look at the reasoning behind things or not? Do we look at the reasoning behind things or not? That, that's the fundamental question. So the Gemara says, Rabbi said, so this has to do, again, the makar for this will leave on the side. So Rabbi Shimon says, we look at the reasoning for psukim. Now, Rabbi said, if you look at the reasoning for psukim, then beautiful. Then the reasoning ultimately, again, why a Jew can't marry into one of the seven nations is why? Spiritual alienation. In which case, any marriage which could result in spiritual alienation will be prohibited, even if it's not to a woman of one of the seven nations. So the Gemara says, El Rabbanon, my time. But according to the Rabbanon, who don't darshan the reasoning for a Pasek. So again, the Pasek only refers to marrying into the seven nations. How do I know that a Jew also can't marry any Gentile woman? Amr the Achakin, Tavo Alau Baalta. So I will say the Pasik says, the Pasik says, ultimately again, um, this once again by Yifastar, by the war bride. The Torah says, after you go through the whole process, then he's permitted to live with her. So the Gemara says, Michla de Meikara lo tafsi bakidushin. The Pasik says, here's what's interesting. It makes it sound like by Yifastar, by the war bride, by the war bride, that halach malamaisa, kidushin only takes effect when? After you go through the whole process of Yifastar. But when you initially bring her to your home, ultimately there is no Kiddushin. Kiddushin only takes effect at a later time. At a later time. So quite amazing. So Kiddushin. So now we've established that Kiddushin doesn't take effect with any Gentile woman, be it from the seven nations or anyone else. Anyone else. So the say it's interesting. So now the, the Makar, the source is going to be Yifas Tawar. Yifas Tawar, she only becomes your wife. You can only marry her after the whole process, which indicates to us what? Before the process, what? She's not your wife, which shows you Kiddushin doesn't take effect with any non-Jewish woman. Vlad But once again, Vlad How do I know that the offspring follows the status of the mother, not just by the seven nations, but by other Gentile women as well. So we're going to stop over here for today. I'm sorry, I'm leaving you mid-thought. We'll stop over here for today. We'll say, so again, very exciting and riveting and transformative Gemara. And may I to be continued tomorrow. We'll say, Shemendish